Well, we hope you're doing all right out there. We're getting closer and closer and closer to freedom from the pandemic and the joy of being able to uh, be in a lot more contact with each other. I uh, hope you're uh, praying and thinking about that and getting excited about that. Uh, uh, my name is Russ Yule. This is Deep Spirituality. We appreciate you spending the time listening. And as promised, I brought back our guest, Brian Nita and Nick Straw, to help us in our journey to tackle this topic, Anxiety is the Enemy of Spirituality. Hopefully you already listened to the previous episode of our podcast, which is uh, all about uh, growth. Uh, spiritual growth and becoming inspired to grow and the role anxiety plays in that, the role human effort plays in that, and how we can eliminate a lot of that anxiety and a lot of that burden by letting it be, letting growth be the precipitation of walking with God. Today, we just want to kind of get in and help us all get set up around this whole idea of anxiety is the enemy of spirituality. And so, if you don't mind, we're going to jump on in. Hopefully, you got a cup of coffee or you got yourself a favorite little uh, a drink there. Hopefully, it's not uh, uh, going to do your body harm, only going to do your body good. Maybe get a little kombucha going right there, you know. Maybe you got yourself a little popcorn, you're sitting down, or maybe you're outside enjoying nature or perhaps doing laundry or doing some cleaning. Whatever you want to do, driving along. Hopefully, if you're driving along, going to work, it's not too early and you'll be able to experience the benefits of that remote work, but let's get into it. Anxiety is the enemy of spirituality. Here's a wonderful passage of scripture I think you'll all enjoy. Psalm 4610. This is in the Passion Translation. Surrender your anxiety. That's an exclamation mark, so he's sort of being emphatic there. Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations, and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. Psalm 4610. Now, here's some thoughts I have, Brian and Nick, and, and for folks that are listening at home or on the move. The American Psychological Association defines anxiety as, quote, an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. Uh-oh, I think I see my photograph right next <laughs> oh. to that definition. <laughs> An emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. You know what I you know what I came to the conclusion of in my research? Anxiety is an emotion. Mm. Everyone experiences anxiety because it is an emotion. And as human beings, we all have emotions. Sometimes we act like it's strange to experience anxiety. No, it's normal to experience anxiety. 30 years of my life of working for for-profits, non-profits, sports, and religious world, one constant is the large number of people with whom I've worked, including myself, who are either unaware of or unwilling to admit our anxiety. Yeah. If you're listening, does that fit you? Are you sometimes unaware that you have anxiety or like me, unwilling to admit it? I'm calm, cool and collected. I'm like James Bond, Jason Bourne. <laughs> kidding me? Anxiety is an emotion, but many of us treat it like it's a disorder. Aware of the prejudice experienced by those with mental health challenges, we conceal our anxiety, not realizing anxiety is an emotion and whether we admit it or not, those feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure will happen regardless. 
rather than fall prey to the unjustified and irrational prejudice against those with mental health challenges. And it is unjustified and it is irrational. And I don't know about you guys, but it bothers me every time that there is a, a travesty that occurs. People's first thing is, did they have a mental health problem? Right, I yeah. get that that's an issue, but I think it also belies a degree of prejudice that we have to want to put everything that everybody does that's bad on people who have a challenge or even people with disabilities in the disability community. Rather than fall prey to the unjustified and irrational prejudice against those with mental health challenges, we should accept, admit, and share our anxiety in hopes that when each one of us comes to grips with it, we can help not only ourselves, but we can develop the necessary respect and empathy toward those who might experience it, this emotion at a heightened level. Mm. So I think sometimes the reason we're prejudiced and the reason we don't want to talk about it is we don't want to realize that it's the same thing with me. I had high blood pressure for a period of time and it didn't make me a bad person. It didn't make me an incapable person. What it said is my body was more negatively responsive to the environment I was in and the way I was taking care of myself than another person might be. When I had it, I wasn't like unusually unhealthy. But for me, it caused a problem. I think that's what anxiety is. If some people have, for whatever reasons, physiologically, a more significant response to anxiety than others. But we all experience it. And you know what? I think there'd be less prejudice and there'd be less uh, ostracizing of people if we all just said, wait a minute, I have a lot of emotionally difficult things in my life. I may not be at a clinical level, but I know what it feels like. I just don't know what it feels like to have it happen every minute of the day or con you know, constantly. And so as I considered these things, I realized everybody's dealing with anxiety and it's a strong emotion. It's a powerful emotion. Yeah. And it's an emotion that the psalmist talks about in chapter 46 in verse 10 when he says, surrender your anxiety. And so I started thinking the psalmist in chapter 46, verse one, what he is, he believes God is a safe and powerful place of refuge. That's what it says in verse one that God is a safe and powerful place of refuge. He sees God. The psalmist sees God as a, quote, proven help in time of trouble. And then with intimate gratitude says to God in our hearing, here's what he says. If you read it, he says, you are always available whenever I need you. Psalm 46 is poetry. Psalm 46 is song that's meant to share the intimacy of this writer's walk with God a relationship with God that is an unwavering source of confidence, even in the stormiest moments of life. And isn't it, doesn't it, isn't it true that when we experience anxiety, it's usually during stormy moments of life. And for some people, they have more stormy moments of life than others. Here's what Psalm 46 says in verse two. So we will never fear even if every structure of support were to crumble away. We will not fear, even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea. And this is the one I love in verse three. For the raging roar 
of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. And then it says pause in God's presence. The Psalms say that because we're always in a hurry. Yeah. Probably some people are even <laughs> listening to this thing about anxiety, and they're getting anxiety about when will it be done so they can go do what they got to do next instead of pausing in God's presence. Sometimes we read the Bible and we pray, and we're trying to hurry up and get done, you know? And yeah. the whole point is that creates even more anxiety. Reading on in Psalm 46, we learn about the spiritual confidence of the person who chooses to focus on God. In Psalm 46, 4, I love it. God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. His river flows right through the city of God most high into his holy dwelling places. God is in the midst of his city, secure and never shaken. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing of the dawn. The writer's proclamation is meant to touch and move our hearts to see God as a wonderful relationship and possessor of the sovereign power necessary to help us conquer this life, not as a mere author of a set of rules of life. And a lot of the times, because we don't see God as a possessor of the sovereign power capable of keeping us from being insecure and shaken, and we see him as a author and a writer of rules for us to follow, we never experience the peace that he can bring from anxiety. In Psalm 46 and verse eight, everyone look, come and see the breathtaking wonders of God, for he brings both ruin and revival. He's the one who makes conflicts end throughout the earth, breaking and burning every weapon of war. After testifying the psalmist helps us discover the poetic message of this author is for us to surrender our anxiety, to stop the striving, to get more or finish first in our effort to impress people and instead choose to think and live a spiritual life by keeping our focus on God, believing in his love and trusting in his sovereignty. And when we do those things, we can live a peaceful, productive and satisfying life. As Psalms 4610 says, surrender your anxiety, be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. The spirituality necessary to overcome anxiety starts with a few things and I want to list them out. And then I just want to get you guys this overall thoughts and, and insights and ideas about this topic of anxiety being the enemy of spirituality and the power of Psalm 46. So what do we have to do if we're going to be able to, to stop anxiety from eroding our spirituality? Number one, we have to seek to understand the true meaning of spirituality. Number two, we have to recognize that spirituality is a choice. Number three, we have to surrender our anxiety over our inability to control life. Number four, we have to stop overreaching, overthinking, overworking, and overreacting. Number five, we have to silence the internal voices keeping us enslaved to the false definitions of happiness. And then number six, we have to start treating God like he's God instead of an imaginary friend or a comfort toy. And these are the things we'll be covering in future podcasts. But right now, 
I want to just jump in there and get Nick and Brian to take us on home. Get us get us to kind of process this in a really good way to help us have a great conversation about anxiety being the enemy of spirituality. Yes, for for me, I think when you were talking, I was thinking about and when is when is God not that for me? Because as you broke down Psalm forty six, I was like, man, that's what I that's, that's the type of relationship with God that I want joy, peace. Just it just seemed like, man, I want to be there. But I was I started to ask myself this question, man. I, I replace right. God with other things. When I get the most anxious, I replace God with me. Kind of like we talked about on our previous podcast of self-reliance. What can I do? And my faith is completely uh, based on what can I do or what have I accomplished before? Can I do it again? And then the mm-hmm. other thing is people. I think one of the th- I've replaced God with what people or what I think people will think is probably more accurate, right? Um, and when I do that, it's, it's a dangerous place because um, even just last week, I got all worked up about, I, I, I felt tension and I felt I wasn't close to a friend and just th- there's some things he said to me that I just felt were wrong and it got my feelings hurt. I, right. I, I It took me three days to, to, to <laughs> I, first I had to admit the anxiety. I do think that sounds like the resurrection <laughs> three days. <laughs> it, it took me three days of praying about it and work myself up. And I was like, man, and then we had a conversation. It was fine. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It was like, yeah. Okay. But, um, but what I realized from that is anxiety causes me to make, when I give into it, make God really small, mm-hmm. make God really small, not the God of the Bible that, that we're reading about here in Psalm 46, right. uh, some, some puny, you know, nothingness that is, is, is maybe doesn't even exist, you know, to that point. And I was like, man, um, but what helped me get over the anxiety, get the courage to talk to him was actually praying to God yeah. and making God bigger over those three days. Now it's a little humbling that it took three days, but Hey, that's right. where I was at. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it made me think of one of my f- all time favorite scriptures on this is, uh, Philippians four. It says in verse six, don't worry about anything. It said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him. This is NLT for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And the thing that I like about that is it, it exceeds anything we can understand. And I think it helps me realize, man, God is that big. In my anxiety, I think, okay, I got to do it. I got to make this happen. Oh, this, this really, there's going to be major conflict talking to my friend. Right. That, that, was, that wasn't the case. What I understood was wrong, Right. What God, and what God under his understanding, he sees beyond all that and in, in, in his way is right. So that scripture uh, kind of helps put me in my place in that regard. But uh, Brian, what are you thinking? Um, I, I'm thinking a couple of things. Um, one, I, I appreciate what Russ was saying about when we don't admit we have anxiety, we kind of um, ostracize people who have legitimate challenges, right. but anxiety is everything we have. And something I've been trying to work on is vulnerability. And when I'm not honest, and I don't admit my anxieties, it gets worse. Yeah. And then I get sped up by my anxiety. That's what anxiety does to me. I get sped up. Uh, there's a great scripture in Isaiah 52, 12. This says, go in confidence and grace, no rushing, no frantic escape. There's no need to be anxious. The eternal one goes before and behind you. 
The God of Israel paves the way with assurance and strength. He watches your back. And so what ends up happening to me is when I'm not vulnerable, I'm not honest about my anxieties, the things that are on my plate, then rather than going to God, I get sped up in trying to deal with those things. And then when I get sped up, really what anxiety does is it becomes an intimacy killer for me. You know, you and I have had a lot of conversations about that, Nick, in terms of us being available in our homes for our wives and whatnot. And um, I was reminded of that book. Well, I became aware of it from Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but that whole matrix of urgent versus important. And what I end up doing is I spend all my time anxious about what's urgent and important, but then I'm so exhausted from my anxiety, I, I end up spending time, wasting my time uh, on things that aren't actually productive. I'm on Twitter worrying about the Niners and who they're going to draft. Is it going to be Trey Lance or Justin Fields or are they going to pull off Zach Wilson? And what ends up happening is when I have time to actually connect with Rosalind because, um, uh, you know, having little kids, uh, uh, we're not always uh, that undistracted. I'm not always available because I'm, I'm worn out by my anxiety. And so those are the two things that I thought about was one, the importance of admitting it because we all have it. And then when we, I don't admit it, how it impacts me. Right. One question I had for you, Brian, was you said that when you get anxious, it speeds you up. What did you mean by that? I get sped up, meaning um, I think I get myopic, like I get the blinders on me. And what I'm only focused on is whatever is causing me anxiety. Let me go and try to quickly solve that as soon as possible versus um, becoming spiritual. My first instinct is let me go pray about this. Let me consider it. Let me look at scriptures. Let me turn to God. I've become very humanistic, and I just want to run and try to figure out, I don't like this anxiety, so how do I get it off of me, um, if that makes sense. Do you talk faster, think faster? Oh, yeah. Is, <laughs> that's why I was just wondering. Because I, 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 when, you know, when, I, when I was growing up and I played basketball, uh, and, and they, you know, for the, 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 in high school, uh, and they would put on a press. Nick played basketball as well. Um, that would make me nervous, and I, w- I would start running faster. And I would start, my mind, I, I, I wasn't calm at all. And so everything I did was high speed. Uh, and I think that's the same now. Right. I'll start uh, 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 creating stress in the home because I become a workaholic. I, I, I do all that, that over stuff uh, that I think I was talking about uh, uh, earlier. Right. You know, where you, you, you know, you, you, or at the, uh, one of the topics we're going to cover, the overreaching, the overthinking, the overworking, and the overreacting. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's important for our listeners and for all of us, because this is an area uh, I know I want to grow in. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get better at, because I think I let, I let too much fear and anxiety in my life. For sure. And many times it's over things that don't matter, or it's like things you talked about, Nick, uh, our relationship problems. Uh, and many times those relationships, some of the many times those relationship problems are are not really real. We're yeah. we're blowing them out of proportion. But sometimes they are real, and sometimes they do take multiple days to deal with. Right. But it's the anxiety surrounding it all. I think that wipes us out. Right. And what I want everybody to walk away thinking about is this: when we let anxiety kind of run wild in our lives, then the result is it erodes our spirituality. So if you start losing your interest in reading the Bible. You have to check and see, is that my anxiety? If we start losing our desire to pray or want to shorten our desire, shorten our time praying, we got to go, is that my anxiety? If we stopped wanting to talk to our spouse or play with our kids, 
uh, and spend time with our kids and talk to our kids? Is that our anxiety? Uh, I, I think a lot of the time we don't understand that the more anxiety we have, the less we will be spiritually minded, the less we will slow down and pause enough to listen to God. And so it's a crucial issue. And I even think sometimes a lot of our relationship problems come because we let anxiety run wild in our lives, and then we end up overreacting to each other. If you're listening to this podcast and you've been uh, listening to all of our podcasts, we want to remind you, just a little commercial here, please uh, uh, like and give us uh, multiple stars. And if you don't mind, share it. Share our podcast with other people. Uh, This series right here, I think, can be really helpful. Uh, Anxiety is the enemy of spirituality. We had a previous episode that's connected to that, but you can listen to them in any order. Uh, We'll be back in the future, and I'm going to convince Brian and Nick to come back and join us for another one of these episodes, because in the next episode, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go through all those questions, or all those points, I should say, that we mentioned at the end. We're going to go through them all, and we're going to kind of do a rapid fire thing and go through them and just give you something to think about on each one as sort of a multi-point plan for how to knock out uh, the anxiety better and increase the spirituality. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can find devotionals and a bunch of other cool stuff at deepspirituality.com. And you can also go on YouTube. I forget to say that sometimes. And you can see the stuff we're offering on YouTube. We'll be offering more of that in the future. Thanks for listening to Deep Spirituality. Thanks for taking the time. We know you're busy. And we'll see you next time around.